Good morning. Glad you guys are in the house of the Lord today. Turn to somebody next to you and say, I'm glad to see you. Yeah. We are glad you are here. I still have a hangover from uh, last week. Not an actual hangover, just a Holy Ghost hangover. Last week just carried for me all, all week long. I was thinking about it all week. If you missed last week, go back, listen to the podcast, but sit down because it was probably my longest sermon I've ever preached in my life. So if you weren't here, you're just like, thank you, Jesus. I'll just listen to that on my own personal time. So today, promise to make it a little shorter, a little more concise. I'm only going to preach like 52 minutes today. So it's just it's, kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Uh, I don't know who said amen to that. I can't even hardly sit through my own sermon. So I mean, man, that's good. Uh, it's, so it, we got a brand new series that we are starting today, and I think this could be my favorite sermon series title of all time, Church Zombies. We're going to open that up here in just a moment, but let's get into the Word of God. I want to read that to you. Uh, let's go to the Gospel of John, which is in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, we've got them. They're free. After the service, you can get them from down front here or go back to the next steps room. We'll get you one. Or on your mobile device, if you've never downloaded the Bible, go to corechurch.com. You can download the Bible there. I read out of the New Living Translation, so if you're on a mobile device or you've got your version of the Bible, it may look differently. But we're going to be in John's Gospel. John was Jesus' best friend, one of his disciples. In the book of John, he uh, wrote an account of Jesus' life. And we're going to be in chapter 14 is where we're going to be. This is the Last Supper. Jesus is eating with his disciples, Judas has gone off to betray Jesus, and this is just before he is about to go to the cross. And there's great confusion with the disciples because Jesus has been trying to kind of explain to them this whole death-resurrection thing, and it's just confusing to them, which it's maybe easy for us on the backside, but difficult for them on, on the front side. And so let's go to verse 16 while he's talking. This is Jesus talking to his disciples that night. He said, I'm going to ask the Father... He'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. And the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and he'll later be in you. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. And since I live, you also will live. So if you think it's confusing to you, imagine the disciples. They have no this is very confusing to them. He said, when, when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Okay, so the, the disciples are completely confused at this point. And I don't want us to be confused at all today, and so I want us to pray, and God is going to speak to us all individually. I know he has a word for us. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift of your word. Uh, it is a treasure that we even have it. And I pray in these moments we have, you're going to speak to us. And church, pray for the people around you. You, you might know them. You might not know them. Um, just pray, though, that they be open to the Holy Spirit. And pray for me and, and also pray for yourself that, man, God, help me to be open. Help me to hear from you today. And if you're ready to receive from the Word of God today, in Jesus' name, give me a big amen. Amen. Hey, I do better when you respond to me. I'm going to make this into an amen, Holy Ghost, fire-breathing church if it's the last thing I do. Good. That's good to hear. Well, we are a, a zombie-obsessed culture, are we not? I, I don't know what is going on, but zombie is everywhere. You just can't go anywhere without seeing something about zombies, TV shows, movies. Uh, it's just everywhere. And be honest with you, I'm not into zombies. Anybody like zombies? You're a zombie person? Okay, I, that's just weird. I, 
you know, hey, I want to get, uh, I really get into watching cannibalism. I love it. I don't, I don't get it, uh, but, you know, I, that's your thing. In fact, everybody's been trying to convince me, you got to watch The Walking Dead. you got to watch The Walking Dead. And one, of, one, of my kids even t- one of my kids even said, uh, Dad, no, you'll like it. It has a great storyline. <laughs> and so uh, Laura uh, it was gone. The kids were gone, and I'd never seen them. Like, I'm, and it was on uh, Netflix. I'm like, I'm so checking this thing out here. I watched like 10 minutes. I just turned on for 10 minutes. I mean, they're blowing up zombies. They're shooting them. They're killing them. Zombies are eating other zombies, eating people. There's flesh going everywhere. In 10 minutes, I was like, I'm done. I don't get this whole zombie thing. Now, there is one zombie movie I like. And it's the best one, Will Smith, I Am Legend. Best zombie movie ever. When the zombie dogs, they'll kill out, come out and kill Will Smith's dog. That's just, that's heartbreaking. I can't, I, I don't like that. At all. But here's how I knew we were a zombie-obsessed culture. I was looking at opening up my Bible app, and you may have seen this on my social media, and, it, and down at the bottom it said, customers also bought, and look, on the left. Okay, is that nice? The name of that game is Zombie Hunter War of the Dead. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm not... I don't understand that. I guess if, you know, you're like, hey, I need some peace, I need some hope, um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab a hold of some scripture and I'm going to go kill some zombies, and that's just going to bring... Peace and contentment, to my, I, I don't understand that. But, but we, are, we are obsessed with zombies, and, and zombies, of course, are, zombies are weird because they've been hit with some kind of a virus, and zombies are, they're like alive, but they're not, they're not fully alive. And so they're, they're kind of just wandering around aimlessly and directionally uh, challenged. They just don't know where they're going, and they're just kind of sleepwalking in, in a way through life. In fact, there's, there's another term we use for zombies like, you ever woken up very tired and you say, man, I feel like a zombie. I feel like a zombie today. Or maybe you, you go to school or, or you go to work and you see a coworker and they're like, hey, 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 you need to get with me. And they're just kind of lethargic and they're not really paying attention. Like, what are you, uh, you're a zombie. Yeah, we, we use that term quite frequently. So I want to give you another view of zombie. I want to talk about church zombies today and, and a virus that I think is is hitting the church. And I think this series that, that I'm doing is, is critically important. Very, very, very important in your life. Uh, in fact, not to, I don't think I'm overstating this when I would tell you of all the series that I preached this year, this is the one you need more than any other series. You need this, and this, the series that I have today is going to be absolutely transformational to many of you. So I would like for you to make a commitment to me, if not to God, that you will be here every week of the series. I know some of you come every week, but most of you I know come like every other week or, or whenever that is, but I want you to commit and say, I'm going I'm to be here for every week of the series. So turn the person next to you and say, I'm committing to be here every week, are you? Okay? So turn to somebody right now. I'm committing to be here, are you? Because here's the thing. You, you don't know it, but you might be sitting next to a church zombie right now. The person, now what is a, when I talk about a church zombie, what, what is a church zombie? That's a great question. I would describe and define a church zombie as this. A church zombie is a Christ follower, a person who's made that commitment to follow Jesus. So if you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus, you're off the hook. You're not a church zombie. But if you've made a commitment to follow Jesus, you just might be a church zombie. Because what happens is, is 
A church zombie is, is a follower of Jesus who was at one time in their life incredibly passionate about the things of Jesus. Maybe going to a camp and having a camp experience or a conference or, or just that moment when you were first came alive in Christ and you just you're so passionate for him. Passionate for his church, passionate for his people, passionate for the world and reaching the lost, and you just you're just on fire. But some, something happened. You got struck by a virus. You don't know what happened, but somehow, some way, you just kind of became lethargic, passive. You kind of found yourself sleepwalking. Some people use a term called lukewarm. And you're just like, where, where did my, my passion for Christ go? And, and maybe this describes you, that you, you, you have no victory. Like you hear us, you hear me preaching about victory and people talk about having victory, but you, you don't have any victory. We talk about the power of God and the power of God displayed in our lives, but you, you're just like, man, I'm, I, I'm, I made a commitment to Jesus, but I, I don't feel his, his power. Or maybe you don't feel his, his presence. We talk a lot about the presence of God in our lives, and you're like, man, I just, I just don't feel his presence. That is what I would describe as a church zombie. So my question to you is, are you a church zombie? And Jesus, in John chapter 14, he gave us the antivirus. Let's go back to John 14, because he gives us the antivirus. In John 14, 16, he says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another what? Another what? Advocate. He'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is, here it is, he is who? The Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. Uh, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The antidote to being a church zombie. The antidote is, excuse me, the advocate is the antidote. He is the antivirus, okay? I want you to write that down. The advocate is the antivirus. What, who is the the advocate, the advocate is the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus talks about right here. He says, in other words, the Holy Spirit is the cure for being a church zombie. And I want to I spend a few minutes talking about this because another word for advocate that is used also in some translations is the word helper. The advocate is our helper. In other words, the Holy Spirit is our helper. Now, I don't like asking for help. If I, if I go to the store, I, wanna, I just find it on my own. Anybody else like that? You're just like, I'm going to find it by myself. I'll need no help. And, and usually then you, you can't find it. You just start getting frustrated, don't you? Well, I, I was at the store a couple weeks ago. I was telling you last week how I was fa I'd fasted for um, a, a week, and God had called me to this fast for a week. And near the end of my fast, when I was coming near the end of my fast, when I was thinking about, I usually break my fast with fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and, and corn. That's kind of how I break my fast. But this time, I don't know what happened to me, uh, but all of a sudden, I was craving pimento cheese. I think I was pregnant. I think, uh, I'm not sure it was the Holy Spirit or I was pregnant, because that's the weirdest craving on a fast. But I'm telling you, I was obsessed with pimento cheese, and I could not wait to get done with my fast so I could have a pimento cheese sandwich. And so when my fast was over, I booked it to the grocery store. I walked in. I don't, I, I've never bought pimento cheese. I don't even know where to find it or if they even have it. So thank goodness there was a lady there that was working in the store, and I went right up to her, and I said, ma'am, 
I'm looking for some pimento cheese. And she was like, oh, I love pimento cheese. And so I know right where it's at. So she walks me right back to where it's at. She's telling me recipes for pimento cheese. She's telling me the kind I should buy. So I knew the Holy Spirit was in this, in this moment. I knew, lady, you are ordained by the Holy Spirit to give me pimento cheese. And I broke my fast with this pimento cheese. But what happens is sometimes you go into the store and, you're, and, and you can't find it. You get frustrated. And, and then you go to find somebody. And can you find somebody? No, you cannot find somebody. So people usually find me is what they do because some of you go to the store and you're not quite tall enough to reach that thing on the top. You know what I'm talking about? I come around that corner and I see that person going, you, can you, can you? Yes, I can. I'm just going to put a vest on. I need to make $7 an hour doing this because every time I go to the store, I'm, I'm grabbing something for somebody. This is how a lot of Christ followers approach their relationship with the Holy Spirit. That he's just a helper when I need him. In other words, Christ followers, people who have made that commitment to follow Jesus, are are going about their lives without him saying, hey, you know what, I'll just kind of figure this out on my own. I just I can figure this out. I'll figure out a way. Never ever looking to the Holy Spirit, except for that moment when you're like, oh. That's just out of reach. Like, I can't, I can't fix that. Or, or I, don't know how to, I don't know how to solve that problem. And I, I, can't, I can't quite reach that. So wh- 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 where's, the, where's God? God? Hey, yeah, could you, could you grab that for me? Thank, thank you very much. And when God grabs that for you, then you go back to your life as it was before. But we're not supposed to be living that way. I, I, I see it all the time. I see it quite frequently as people, they, they find themselves in a, in a crisis, and it's usually when we're in a crisis that we're like, God, God, now, now I need you. I watch people do this all the time. They'll come to church. I haven't seen them in forever. And I meet them after the service, usually down here in the prayer line or maybe out in the lobby, and I say, hey, how you doing? And they're like, man, this is going on in my life, and you, something traumatic has happened in their life. And they came, and God spoke to them, and renewed their hope. And then they felt good. They're like, yeah, that was a good fix. And, and then they're gone. I don't see them again. I see that over and over again, and I, and I just want to beg people, like, no, 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 that's not how the Holy Spirit works. That's not how God is supposed to be working in our lives. Not just when you need help, not just when you, you're in a crisis. He is the helper, but that's, that's not the point. He, you're supposed to be living in relationship with him, he wants to be there all the time. I, I watch people, to, they'll, they'll be in a crisis in there and they, they suddenly run to the word of God. I'll get a text, pastor, can you, can you give me a verse? I, I need something to help me and I'll, I'll text him. I just did this a, a week ago. I was texting somebody and I, I gave them something and they're like, oh man, that did it. That made me feel so much better. And then they drifted back to who they are. You get in a crisis, you ever done this? You hit your knees, it's a good place to be, Right? In fact, I think when you're in a crisis, coming and running to the church, running to the word of God, running and falling to your knees is the best thing you can do. But so many people, once that storm has passed or, or once that answer doesn't come, they drift back into a life without him. Francis Chan is a, a pastor and author, and in his book called Forgotten God, he calls this the tragic neglect of the Holy Spirit. We have neglected the Holy Spirit 
in our lives. And the advocate, what I want you to know, the advocate is more than just a helping hand when you need it. There, there's an organization, you know, today is um, National uh, Orphan Sunday, tomorrow's World Adoption Day. There's an organization out there called CASA, which is the, uh, and CASA stands for Child Appointed Special Advocate, Child Appointed Special Advocate. This organization is amazing because what they do is they take this court advocate and they team them up with a child who's been taken into foster care. And that person has direct access to the judge. And they're, they're responsible to be the voice and to care for that child. And they have special ad access, can go to the judge, and the judge is constantly going to them, asking them, how's the child doing? What does this child do? And this person will stand up for this child and say, this is what's happening in this child's life. And they stay with that child until they're either re reunited with their parents or until they're placed in an adoptive home. This is exactly what Jesus is trying to describe to us here. What he's trying to say about the Holy Spirit is he is our advocate appointed by our Father in heaven to watch over us. That's who the Holy Spirit is. He is appointed to watch over you. And not only that, but as our advocate, the Holy Spirit gives us direct access to the Father. We have direct access to God because of the Holy Spirit. That's what uh, Paul tells us. If you looked at his letter to the Ephesian church, Paul said this in Ephesians 2.18. Now all of us, all of us can come to the Father, what? Through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. This is, I think, succinctly one of the best verses in Scripture to help us understand one of the most complicated things in Scripture, and that's the Trinity. Trying to explain God, God is one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We do not worship three gods. We worship one God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Theologians and scholars have been trying to explain that for centuries. I'm not going to try to put my spin on it in this moment except to tell you that I think this describes the Trinity perfectly. Here's how the Trinity works. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of his death, because of what the Son did, we can come to the Father through the Holy Spirit. We have access. That's a good place to say amen. And I know I'm dropping some spiritual bombs on you in here today because I ain't getting a lot of amens. This is a lot of new information, so I know I am preaching up in here. You ought to be writing a lot of notes down because I'm telling you, this is gold. It don't get any better than, turn to the person next to you and say, this is, this is good stuff. The Holy Spirit is good stuff. Now, if, if you're not tracking with me or you're just like, okay, let me, let me explain why you feel that way. Because if it, some of you right now, as I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, you're like, mm, yes. Woo, that's good preaching. Oh, I get that, man. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I am, I'm with you. I am tracking, man, what he's done in my life, giving me access to the Father. I couldn't pray to God. I couldn't be around God. I couldn't be in his presence. But because of what the Holy Spirit did, because of Jesus, my sins are forgiven. Holy Spirit's giving me access. Man, woo, you're on fire with that. You're just tracking. But some of you are like, well, Okay, 
Let me tell you why you feel that way. It's because you have a, a misinterpretation of Scripture and, and, and where we are living today. Because what I just described to you is called the New Covenant. In, in other words, there's, a, there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament in your Bible. The New Testament is the, the New Covenant. Say that with me. The New Testament is the New Covenant. The Old Testament is the Old Covenant. Okay, very, very, very important. Jesus comes, dies on the cross, we have the New Covenant. And, then, and before Jesus, we lived under the Old Covenant. Here's how the Old Covenant worked. The Old Covenant worked like this. You would go to the temple... You would offer a sacrifice, and your sins would be forgiven. If you needed advice or counsel, or you needed prayers, the priest would intercede for you. That, that's how it worked under the old covenant. Too many Christ followers are still living under that covenant. You come to church on a Sunday as your sacrifice. I'm, I'm sacrificing an hour, and I'm coming, and I'm listening to the pastor, and I'm going to him for advice, and I need the pastor to, to, to pray for me and do that, that magic thing that he does. That's the old covenant. That's not the new covenant that we live under now. God no longer resides in a temple, okay? In other words, God's not here in this building waiting for us every Sunday. He's not like, hey, all right, y'all be good now. I'll see you next week. I'll see you in about six weeks, and I'll see you in about three. I'll see you at Christmas. But, but I'm gonna be here if you need me. Good luck. That's how so many Christ followers are living their lives. It's alarming to me as a pastor because you don't have to live that way. You have access to the Father because of the Holy Spirit. You have Jesus and you have the Father and you have the Holy Spirit all working together and you have the Holy Spirit who is in you. This is what Jesus said. He said what the Holy Spirit will never leave you. What did he mean by that? Paul explained it this way. He said, no, 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 no. The temple is now you. You're the temple, which means the Holy Spirit resides in you. Peter took it one step further, and this is the one where everybody's like, whoa, hang on about this. Peter said, we are all priests. We're all pastors. Turn to the person next to you, if you know their name, say, hello, pastor, and fill in their name right now. Just do that if you know them. Hello, pastor. Now I want you to do something else. You think that's cute. I want you to turn back to them and introduce yourself with your name and put the name pastor on the front end of it. Hello, I'm pastor. Do it. Come on. That just made you incredibly uncomfortable. But that's what Peter said. You, you, you don't have to wait until Sunday to go through me. Now I'm glad you're here and you need to be in the house of God, but you don't have to wait on me. Many of you know my, my oldest son, Stephen, uh, lives in, in Hollywood, and he's in the film industry and uh, does a lot of production work and stuff like that. And um, a couple years ago when we were out there seeing him, he said, hey, Dad, you guys want to go on a studio tour? 
I was like, heck yeah, it'd be awesome. He's like, yeah, I can, I can get you in, and, and I'll show you all the different sets and all the different things they do. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. So he's like, okay, so we get in his car, and, and we go downtown Los Angeles and, and drive on in, behind these bars and up to the guard shack, and, and my, my son, he rolls down the window, and the guard looks at him, and he flashes his badge, and he looks in the car, and I go, that's right, we're with him, uh-huh, going in to see Hollywood. And so... I mean, I'm amped up. I'm excited, you know. I'm just like, woohoo! And so we go in, and, and he takes us on this tour of this huge Hollywood set. He takes us down in this one area where they have this um, interrogation set. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've seen this on so many shows. He goes, yeah, they use the same set, actually, in a lot of movies and a lot of the same TV shows. They just use the same set over and over. It's so much cheaper for them. And so he showed us that, and then he took us outside, and he showed us where they, how, where they, film, where they were filming a movie at the time and, and, and a different TV show over here. And they said, hey... Dad, I, I was just talking to somebody, and they're actually filming a TV show. They're shooting it right now on set. Would you guys want to go see them shoot a TV show? I'm like, yeah. So we go into this one studio, and we walk in. He's like, you can't say anything. i be really quiet because they're shooting, and, and there, nobody's there. No studio audience or anything, and, and the, there's the security guy, and he's like, what are you all doing? And he flashes this badge and walks by, and I go, that's right, I'm with him. I mean, it was just awesome. I was just loving it. I was like, man, this is so cool. So I, I, I don't want to tell you the TV show because if I do, it's just bragging. And you're all going to be like, dang, that's the show you were on. Wow. Okay, I'll tell you. Girl Meets World. That's, the, yeah. <laughs> ben Savage, baby, about 15 yards from me. Yeah. Y'all jealous now, aren't you? That's right. I got connections. Uh, but it didn't matter. Wherever we wanted to go, we could go because of him. Now, are you starting to track with that? Are you starting to track with that? The Holy Spirit gives us access. You have direct access to God. He's got the pass. You can't get to him without that. Because of what Jesus did through the Holy Spirit, he's got this access card. I'm with him. And, and you get into what was formerly known as the Holy of Holies, but now the Holy of Holies is in heaven. We get to go up and be with the Father. We get to pray to the Father, all because the Holy Spirit gives us that access. You, you don't have to wait for me. You don't have to wait for me. So many people think that I have the special pass. People will come in the prayer line. Listen, we're going to have a prayer at the end of the service, and I love praying for you, and I want you to come and be able to pray in this line. But here's what I want to tell you today. If you think I've got to go to the pastor's line, I can't go over here and pray with this person or this person. I've got to, I've got to have the pastor pray for me because this is really special, and I know he's got the hotline, and so I've got to. No. I, I don't have any more access than you have. You have the same access I have. Man, if I'd been born under the old covenant, y'all be in trouble because I could hold that over you. Oh, yeah, you want to get to Jesus? All right, fork out the tide. Let's go. Come on now. Start serving people, and then I'll give you a little access, okay? It don't work that way. We all have that access. In fact, I would like for you to write this down. I have access through the advocate. I have access through the advocate. I have access through the advocate. The Holy Spirit gives me that access. And the disciples, they're still confused. Even maybe like you are, and that's okay. If you're still confused, that's okay. Because the disciples were confused, and they're like, man, if Jesus, if Jesus leaves, then we're, we're alone. 
That doesn't make sense to me. You're going to leave, but yet you're going to still be here. What are you, what are you talking about here? So Jesus tries to reassure him in the, in the second part of verse 17. We'll go back to verse 17 in the second part of it. He says this, the world cannot receive him. He, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now. See, the Holy Spirit was with Jesus, so the Holy Spirit was there, and later he will what? Be in you. Jesus is saying to his disciples, I'm with you right now in the flesh, but because I'm going to go to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and when he shows up, he's going to be in you. We have an advantage that the Holy Spirit is in us, and we saw that happen on Pentecost. If you go to the book of Acts, you don't have to go there now, but you might want to read Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, but in verse 4 of chapter 2, it says this, and everyone present, this is the fulfillment of the promise, everyone present was what? Was what? Filled. Filled. Not outside, inside. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never leave me because he is in me. So if you ever feel abandoned by God or you feel like God's not there, that's not God. That's not even your brain. That's the enemy. That's the devil planting lies in you. Oh, God ain't with you now. Did you make a commitment to follow Jesus? If you did, guess what? I don't care what the storm is. I don't care how dark it gets. I don't care how distant you feel he is. I don't care how bland and lethargic you feel. God is there. He is with you. He says, I will not. Look, look, look. Here's where you can clap. Look at verse 18. He says this, what? No, I will not abandon you as orphans. Can I get an amen in the house? You, you don't have to be an orphan. Jesus says, I'm never going to it. But the problem is so many Christ followers are living like orphans. Living like an orphan. You you made a commitment to follow Jesus. You have the Spirit of God in you. He says, I didn't abandon you as an orphan, but yet we're still living as orphans. I, I think there's what I would call a, a zombie apocalypse happening in the church today. A zombie apocalypse that I think is happening in the church today. Here, here's what I mean by this. Some of the, some of the symptoms you, you see of a zombie apocalypse Church attendance. These are just symptoms. Church attendance. Where once people used to come every single week to, to church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I mean, they were just, the doors were open, Christ followers were in the house of God. At an alarming rate, attendance in the church is dropping. It's not that Christ followers are stopping attending the church, they're just attending the church a lot less. What was once a week, now a Christ follower in research will say they declare regular church attendance as every other week. If I just go every other week. Some people who say, well, I'm a follower of Jesus once a month. What, what, what I would say to that and I would ask you is this, is man, as a, as a Christ follower, why wouldn't you want to be in the house of God every week? You got to ask yourself that question. If you don't come every week, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to shoot straight with you. I'm going to hit you right in the heart right now. If you don't come every week, and what I mean by that is the weeks that you're in town, the weeks that you, you, you're able and can get to the house of God, but yet you choose not to be in the house of God, you got to ask yourself, why am I doing that as a follower of Jesus? Could it possibly be that I've become a church zombie? Could it possibly be that I am living as an orphan, that I've not tapped into the power of the Holy Spirit? Because when the Holy Spirit comes alive in you, guess what happens? You're at church every week because you're so in love with Jesus. 
And I'm not getting a lot of amens because I know I'm preaching to a lot. But it's the truth. And if you wonder, why am I so lethargic towards being in the house of God? Tap into the Holy Spirit. Giving is another one. And I'm just going to step hard now. Giving. I was looking at my grandma's Bible this week. One of my most cherished possessions, my grandma had in his Bible. And then I was looking in one uh, passage of Scripture. And over and over again, she highlighted and underlined and highlighted and underlined and highlighted and underlined the word tithe. Over and over and over and over and over. And my grandma, man, she, she tithed. 10%, boom, she gave. Special offerings, boom, she gave. They owned a furniture business, and they just gave exponentially above and beyond anything. That's where I kind of learned the art of generosity and the art of giving was, was that. And, and that's how her generation was. It wasn't even a question. That's just what you did. I'm a follower of Jesus. Why would I not do that? Just looked at the research this week. The Barna Research shows that Barna Research Institute, what they, they did is they did research and asked Christians, how many of you tithe? How many of you give 10%? 5% do. 95% of followers of Jesus no longer tithe, which what that means is 95% of you don't do that. And I know that. And this is not about guilt and condemnation on you. This is just about the truth of God. Why not? Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you give to God? Why wouldn't you just trust him with everything? It's a Holy Spirit issue. Because once the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, and once you surrender fully to him, you can't help but give. You can't help but do it exponentially. Listen, my goal, and I'm so far from it right now, we were ramped up, got close, Laura and I, but I'm, back, I'm just not there right now. But our goal is to give 1% for every year that we're married. That'd be 31% of our income. Now, we're not there, but we're, we're moving towards that. Why? Because I just want to do it. Because I just love him so much. Because I look at the lives that are being changed, and I want to see people come into the kingdom of God, and I'm so fired up about it. I'm like, man, don't tell me I don't limit me to 10%. What's wrong with you? Don't put a cap on my giving. Why does that happen to somebody? Because I see that happening to people in our church. Because the Holy Spirit has come alive in them, serving. You heard Pastor Daniel talking about the volunteers that we need, and you're a follower of Jesus, but you never ever thought about volunteering in the local church. Volunteerism in the local churches just keeps dropping dramatically over and over again. We're one of the most, we have the Bible, the most access ever to the Bible in the history of mankind, yet we're the most biblically illiterate in human history. We don't know the word. It's a zombie apocalypse, and we got to wake up. And if, if that's you, this is not condemnation coming on you. I'm just trying to wake you up. I'm trying to make you aware of, of man, why is this happening in my life? Why do I, now, let me, let me shoot the record straight here. Am I saying, I come to church every week, I tithe my 10%, I serve on a team, I read my Bible every day, I'm good. No, that's called legalism, okay? That's called old covenant. Uh, we're under the new covenant. We're under grace, what I'm saying is, those are symptoms that you can look at in your life. Same thing is true for those of you that are experiencing those things. Like, you're like, why do I want to come to church every week? Some of you are like that. You're like, some of you are just ridiculous. Like, you serve every week. Like, we tried to tell you, stop serving every week. I tried to take responsibilities away from some of you. You're doing too much. No, no. I'm, that's what I get. No, I'm like, Why? Because you're so amped up and full of the Holy Spirit. People who are giving exponentially, you ever wonder why you do that? Like why you're just not limited? Why giving to you is like no big deal. It's because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's because you're fully surrendered 
to him. It's, you're seeing what God is doing in your life. And his desire is for all of his people to have that. God has not abandoned us. But I wonder if at times we've abandoned him. I wonder where you're at today. Because he says, I'm not abandoning you as an orphan. What a beautiful picture it was to have all these families up here who rescued children, who stepped out and said, I'm going to love a kid. I'm going to bring a kid in. I'm going to give them a home. I'm going to give them a, a place where they can feel secure and a place where they feel loved, where they feel safe, where they can know true, intimate love of a father and a mother. That's who God is. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you. He's your advocate, and you have access to the Father if you will only surrender to him. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you that you've not abandoned us. Thank you that you're calling us out today. Let me talk to you if you're a follower of Jesus. Just examining your life. Are you experiencing that where you're maybe a little lethargic or you don't sense his power or his presence? The victory is not there, but you want it. Or maybe today you're a follower of Jesus and you've identified a couple of areas of your life. You know what? I need to surrender that. I need to let that go. I need to lay that down. And today, I want to invite you as a follower of Jesus to experience something I experienced in 1995. 1995, I knelt at an altar of prayer and I fully surrendered my life to the Holy Spirit. You got all of me, God. So today, if you've identified an area, or maybe today is your day to say, I want to fully surrender to him, I just want you to raise your hand where you're at so I can pray for you. Just... Lift it up to heaven and say, right now, I'm surrendering. I've got an area I have identified in my life, and I need to surrender that to him right now. I know I need him. Today is not the day to be proud. Today is not the day to just say, oh, you know, I'm too shy to do that. Listen, nobody's looking around. It's just you and God. You're making a commitment to him right now by raising your hand and saying, I am fully surrendering to you today, Father. God, look upon your people and their hands that are raised right now. Fill them with your spirit. Bring them alive. Shake them and wake them up for your glory and for your honor. May they experience your presence and and whatever it is that they need to surrender or they need forgiveness for, God, help them today to lay that down and say, God, I give you this. This is yours. I've been holding on to it, but I'm gonna give it to you. I'm giving this up and I'm looking to you and fill me today. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can have the Holy Spirit. It's a free gift. It comes when you surrender your life to Jesus. So today, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want this to make, you to make this your prayer. God, I'm a sinner. I've made a lot of mistakes. But if what he's saying is true, I want that. I want your Holy Spirit. I I want you inside of me. I'm tired of doing it my own way. And so what I'm asking you today to do is to forgive me. And, And I don't know how it all works, God, but would you place your spirit inside me? 
And give me that power so that I can conquer the addictions and conquer the fears and conquer the anxiety and conquer the sin that has just entangled me. Thank you for your son, Jesus, because it is through your son, Jesus, his death and his resurrection that I have life. If you made that your prayer today, or maybe you recommitted your life, you've been away from God for a long time, you maybe recommitted your life, would you just slip up your hand so I know who you are? Anybody like that? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I, I just made a commitment today to follow Jesus. Thank you. Father, for those who've raised their hands and acknowledging you as their Lord and their Savior, pour out your Holy Spirit. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon them. May they receive and sense your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap for life change.